like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's... And welcome to Studio 222 at the ABC in Ultimo for another edition of Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover, and oh, I knew I should have changed that on the script. Please welcome this week's gang, Tommy Dean. Hello to you. And Jean Kitson. Hello, Simon. Welcome. And Bridie Connell. How Hello. are you? Hello. I'm very well, thank I'm you. I'm just so relieved I can go home now because I got the pronunciation of your right last name correct. Connell, not Connell not or Connell O'Connell or, Connell or Connelly. Or, yeah. Thank Why would you think Connell? Is that because you do a lot of food things? Well, I was going to say far, but I won't do that. And Tommy Dean. Why is it, I just find it weird that that Connell's the problem you have with it. Like, my problem is I always want to call you Birdie. 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 Birdie is what I... had a year three teacher who called me Friday. Really? She just couldn't cope with Bridie. Yeah. But you nailed it. Two from two. Two from First two. and surname correct. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm feeling good already because I'm a little nervous, Tommy Dean. I've not... Well, I did think it was Friday once. I think you were on that panel. Mm. And it went, it went swimmingly. At 20 minutes notice. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Well done. Oh, that's, that's, the secret. that's really putting you oh, on the spot. I it's usually us. Very supportive people on the mm. panel and Tommy, which was great. Yeah, yeah. Tommy would have just no, I like, like you. Know, you, mean, you can sense blood in the water. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> see. That's you know, a lot of fun for a comic. But I feel like you've had two weeks to prepare for this. We've known that you're coming in on this show for two weeks. Yeah. I can only imagine you're at the top of your game. Oh, look, I'm one of those people that the minute homework was given, I knew I had five minutes before it had to go be handed in to mm. finish it. Oh. And so that's what I've done today. Like I'm dealing yeah. with more professional, like Richard, you know, just talks into the open air mic and wanders around and you've got your McDonald's drive through headset on. <laughs> so I know you're ready to multitask. Oh, yeah. gosh. Taking Listen orders, to Tommy. making circling, shakes, doing jazz. Thank God it's Friday with Richard Glover. Oh, we have to fix that sting. No, I'm Richard Glover. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's uncanny. It is uncanny. It isn't it amazing? <laughs> How I can do a Simon Marnie impersonation. Let's cut to the chase. What's your reality? There's a spate of reality TV shows screening at the moment, either set in the jungle or alone in the Tasmanian wilderness or on the land finding wives for farmers. Oh, I love that show. Do you? <laughs> yeah, I love that one. Seriously? Yeah, Or well, you're being course. funny? No, I love it. I like it. I watch <laughs> really? it. Farmer gets a wife. Yeah, I like that. It feels genuine. Wow. Feels almost genuine. I've got bad news for you about reality TV. No, I've been on I've been on reality TV. You were on Survivor, weren't you? No, no, I was on Yeah, yeah, no. I would have been gone on Survivor. Survivor, I wish I was on Survivor. They're pretty they're pretty clever. There's a lot of strategy. No, I was on Celebrity Apprentice. Wow. Wow. Yes, yes, and I got almost to the end. I know you watched it. No, no, you don't have a trade. (laughs) Celebrities don't need a trade. They none of them have Trades. Right. We trade in jokes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, well, like, it's like Bitcoin, you know, valuable for like a second and then plop it. <laughs> Design a reality TV show that would showcase your skills and how would you bring that drama Kerry Ann Kennelly style mm. into it? Tommy Dean. First, there's some assumption in this question that I don't like. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> with Carrie Ann Kennerly drama. I'm assuming she's done something dramatic on uh, I'm a Celebrity yeah, Get Me did. Out of Here. But I don't, I, yeah. don't, I don't watch it. It wasn't that dramatic. Someone accused her of having a secret daughter makeup or something. She got makeup and nobody else did. 
Wow, well, you do watch reality television. Well, I didn't watch that. I read about that one. But um, <laughs> I always wanted to be. I just, I, I've always felt sad that I wasn't just enough celebrity to be on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Because I would literally, they'd land and they'd be, you'd come off the helicopter or the boat or however you arrive on the island. And like the very first scene, they'd be like, all right, so introduce yourself. Uh, what's your, and they'd, oh, Gene Kitson, welcome to the island. Good to see you. Bridie Connell, you excited? Big time. And who are you, sir? Uh, I'm Tommy. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> right now. I'm on the boat. I'm gone. So piking is the skill that you would want That's in it. your in oh, your celebrity. Like but in my, in, my, in my own personal reality show, I think the reality show that I would like designed yeah. around me is called Remote. Where's the remote? <laughs> and it would be me in front of my giant screen TV. Oh. And it'd be kind of a cross between Survivor and... And goggle box. But what it would be is me trying to find the remote, which is like a fun treasure hunt part of the show. That's where the drama is. Ooh, I wonder if it's behind the couch. Oh, is the dog taking it again? <laughs> oh, no, one of the kids has it in the room. Oh, so exciting. Oh, it's in the fridge. Of course it's in the fridge right next to the milk because I made a coffee because I wanted to watch TV. And then the rest of the show is me working through a Netflix menu trying to decide what to watch. Wow. And then finding out. It's like pre goggle box, goggle box. Yeah, pre goggle box. Talking like, through the menus. Yeah. Maybe it's time for a horror flick. Oh, I don't know. Do I want torture porn or psychological And then it's one o'clock drama. in the morning and you've got to go to bed. Oh, so no, dramatic. it's one o'clock in the morning. He's fallen asleep. Yeah. yeah. With the milk dripping down his shirt. <laughs> Bridie, Smelling what's stuff. your reality show? Okay, so I, I also enjoy reality TV. Um, yep. But I think uh, there's far too much glamour in reality TV because right. my personal life does not resemble, you know, the. Mm. Bachelor? The Bachelor. I don't live in a mansion. No. I don't Love usually. Island. You don't wear a thong. You're Not... a comedian and you don't live in a mansion? No, it's wild to imagine. I've never been whisked away in a helicopter for dates as much as I would love that to happen. So I love glamorous reality TV shows. So I want to keep a little bit of the real housewives of Melbourne, but it needs to be re- real to my life. So I'm going to do the real housemates of Melbourne. And the challenges are sort of um, survivor <laughs> style. Good. Uh, get the strata to replace the hole in the ceiling in fewer than 12 months. Can they do it? Um, (laughs) Deal with the passive-aggressive housemate who leaves post-it notes everywhere challenge. Um, (laughs) You know, things like that. I I like it. I'd watch it. Yeah. I'd definitely watch it. I think there's an audience. Yeah, definitely. And and build sponsorship, and that is very important. (laughs) What's this 3M note? (laughs) (laughs) How to survive. I think a reality show called How to Survive... Pension a night at an all-you-can-eat seafood buffet Ooh. would be... That's know. in the shark pit. Yeah, yeah, might only last one night. You so know. Is, that what, is that what you want to do? Or how no, would you... goggle box would be me because that's my life anyway. That's my particular skills, watching TV and judging other television shows and people on them and whether they can sing or act or or cook or and whether they're fake or genuine or whether, you know, they're, they're yeah. And the answer is yes, yes, yes. no, 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 <laughs> no. Thank God it's Thank God it's And whether they've had work done, yes. So yes. I don't want to backtrack on you for a second here, but yeah, no, I told you I would do. and I'm going to do it. Yeah. Is uh, the other one I think is missing in the, in the pantheon of reality is there's so much renovation reality yes but they're always at the actual stage of renovation i think there should be an entire show based on just a husband and wife looking at pictures and fighting (laughs) (laughs) we got to pick a sink what sink do you want he's like oh that's a nice sink that's a terrible sink oh okay hold on a second maybe it's this sink 
Okay, now we have to think. What tap is it? Oh, it's a terrible tap. I would never watch that Ter- show. Ter- <laughs> I would never. And, and then there's getting permission from the council. Oh, yeah. That would be one of the longest shows ever been mm. on television. With the biggest paper bags. Of- <laughs> <laughs> so good. Tommy Dean, Gene Kitson, Bridie Connell. Although uh, Kate has texted in to say, Tommy, I have a daughter named Bridie and she always gets called Birdie. Yes, yes. can confirm all the time. Mm. Or Riley. Riley. People hear it as Riley. Oh, and Christies get Kirsty. They do. I do that, though. I always get confused with a Christie and a Kirsty. Yeah. To be fair, Kirsty does sound like Christy screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just like sticking by the mistake. Yeah. Got the letters <laughs> the wrong way around. Tupperware. Oh. I know. This is sad. It might go bust. Yeah. Well, it'll go. <laughs> Freshness feel. That's it. Did you ever go to a Tupperware party? Do you have a Tupperware collection? And what does its imminent demise tell you about this moment <laughs> in history? Oh, dramatic. Ah. I have to confess, I didn't realise until this new story came out this week that, you know, this iconic brand, Tupperware, is on, on the brink of collapse. I didn't realise until this week that it was a brand. I thought much in the way you say hardware or glassware or earthenware. I was just like, oh, it's oh, made tupperware. of Tupper. <laughs> I never thought it through. I was like, oh, Tupperware is a brand. I just thought it was a name for all containers yeah, that I put my leftovers some in. Some special PBA plastic or something. That's what I thought, but it turns out it's named after the person who invented Earl it. Tupper. Mm. Earl, Earl Tupper. Earl Tupper. Earl Tupper was named after Get he invented out of here. it. Really? Yes, he did. Please tell me Earl is the title and not the First name. He's it's a royal. His first name. <laughs> but he usually gets wheel. <laughs> no, no. no. Did you, how do you know this about are you? You've been to Tupperware parties. Jean no, Kitson. I've never been because my mother was. See, Tupperware came up when women were domestic goddesses, or they're supposed to be, and they mm. were very. They, you know, they were homemakers primarily. So Tupperware just grew and grew after the Second World War in the fifties and sixties and seventies. Mm. Everyone had Tupperware, except my mum because she always had a, a job. She worked, so we didn't have Tupperware in our house. And I was so envious of the world of Tupperware because kids would come to school with lunch boxes, and inside the boxes were other little boxes, <laughs> and they had all their lunches, and they'd had drinks with cordial in them that were wrapped in tea towels and frozen. And, and the still lid, cold? Still cold, and the lid had, was a cup. Oh, yes. You know, you take the lid off, and then you unscrew it, and then you pour it in the cup, and I'd just be sitting there, I'd have the bubbler at school and we just we had we had no Tupperware so Tupperware is actually you know really brings back memories of envy really mm. envy Those of domesticity with the Tupperware they were the same if they were boys they were the same who had the barter scout school shoes too oh yeah I hated those organised mothers who yeah. just made a, brill- a brilliant work of being you know mothers housewives and did yeah. you were you you're too young for the barter scout school shoe I right? don't I don't know what that reference and is and you were not in Australia at the time. I was in Australia but I know Tupperware very well because uh, I'm the opposite of Jean. My mom was like yeah, the queen really? of Tupperware wow. parties. She you were was, the kid that Jean hated. She was, she was, you it, know. It just. Well, I don't, I don't know. I can't remember what the prizes were, you know, the, but my mom pretty much drove the pink Cadillac of Tupperware. <laughs> wow. <laughs> were you the envy of we had, kids? No, we had everything. My whole, my house was Tupperware. 
<laughs> I don't mean just inside. I mean, the actual house was, was made of Tupperware. We had nothing but Tupperware. And I'm not surprised that they're going bust. I'm actually surprised they lasted this long. Because I think Tupperware's greatest mistake was constantly innovating in ways that weren't necessary. Like, oh. we had, like it's one thing to have a variety of sized bowls that you can put leftovers in. Mm. But we had uh, the taco shell holder. It was a six-shell <laughs> stacker oh. that you could put your shells oh. in and oh, load envy. your tacos in like yeah. a little bookshelf and bring that to the table. There was a special Tupperware corn cob holder that you would put a pat of butter so that you could roll your corn cob in its own butter oh, we never in the got Tupperware that here, holder. Sure. No. There was infinite amounts of jello molds, a variety of shapes, designs, and angles to bring your aspic to its finest delight. <laughs> Is it, was it going to be sweet, savory? Were you going to put pineapples and cherries in the end? By the way, fun fact, use canned pineapple. Fresh pineapple will destroy jello. Everyone knows that. <laughs> I love the cake containers with the little handles that would pull your cake out. We we left we put our cakes in old biscuit tins, mm. and then you could never get a slice out. But if you had Tupperware, mm. it had the little handle things. Mm. But then every year, seasonal color changes. It was you know your classic seventies oh, orange into your classic seventies green right. into it's your the warm reds, reds. Everything matches. You need everything that you used to have again in the new season's colors. Mm. But to even match your a salt and pepper was no shaker. Was no ordinary salt and pepper shaker. No. Do you think the problem is that Tupperware is too effective? If the point of Tupperware is that you don't need to use you know the the one use and then dispose of them takeaway containers for your leftovers. No, I Tupperware just lasts and lasts. Then we well, don't it, need it, to replace it. We don't it didn't buy it last anymore. Last. It had it had been. I don't know how they constructed it. A certain material that they put in Tupperware. It's the same material ah, the that they put in Allen keys. <laughs> That make them disappear. <laughs> yeah, so you're always. Yeah, exactly. you never, you always, you never found the lids. The Lid. lids to Tupperware. So yeah, that's it's what we need, Tommy. Heel. We don't need a taco shell Tupperware innovation. We need Tupperware to innovate and have an impossible to lose the lid range. That's right. well, so and then they will be safe. I think the range oh. is what the thing is too much range. Everyone now just uses takeaway food containers. That's true. Yeah. And we just squish whatever it is, the cake, the tacos, everything. We would crunch them up and put them into a takeaway food container. We don't need special. Except you wouldn't be allowed to. You'd be given just the alfoil to wrap it and it would go soggy. We had, you know, we had saucepans. We had, we, so we always had <laughs> we had, When we I was a kid, saucepans. we had saucepans. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I would just make a fire in the schoolyard and cook my lunch. <laughs> We took our saucepans to the Chinese shop for the takeaways. I've heard of that practice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and look through the glass. Somebody you've got to be admired. Give it warm. Thank God it's Friday. Welcome to Frank Sultana. Yeah. Frank. Yo. One of the busiest guys in show business. The last two weeks you've been up and down the coast, Blues Fest, uh, Byron Blues Fest, Melbourne. Welcome to Thank God It's Friday. Thanks for having us. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here, but I want to go to what you've been doing in Memphis. Tell us what happened there. So, uh, yeah, in January I went to Memphis, competed in the International Blues Challenge. And how'd you go, Frank? <laughs> I won the solo duo section. <laughs> Wait, in Memphis. Said, uh, I, need, in Memphis. I need to hear that said out loud again. You won the what? The solo duo section. So there's band section and the solo duo section. Wow. Now, when you say solo duo, 
Do you see why I'm having trouble with that term? There's two of Frank there. Right, so I won the solo section, but the solo and the duo section is one section. Oh, I understand. They so put it together. Yeah. He okay, okay. by himself was better than the other guy. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Twice. Yeah, now I get it. yeah, yeah. yeah. So Something like that. That's yeah. a double whammy win yeah. as well. And where were you playing in Memphis? It's a big gig, isn't it? Yeah, so the heats, so Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night, were along different venues on Beale Street in Memphis, oh, which was amazing. Isn't it? And then the final was at a place called the Orpheum Theatre, which is like a 1930s um, grand theatre, 3,000 wow. seats theatre yeah. in wow. Memphis. Were yeah. you pinching yourself? Yeah, a few times. <laughs> yeah. And you went across there to, to do the challenge. But then, of course, when you're in Memphis, what's the one place you have to go to? So I booked a session at Sun Studios and recorded an album there yeah, while I was there. And the oh. album is, is – you've got it now where you're selling in your merch stand. Can mm. I get it on Bandcamp yet? Not yet. No. I'll leave you a couple <laughs> of CDs. I don't know what their, what value CDs hold anymore in the radio world, but I've got some CDs for you to leave with you. I've heard of those. Right? Yeah. yeah. Apparently they'll be big. Yeah. yeah. I keep They're them there. in my Tupperware. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Or if your fridge is slightly off kilter, yeah. one of them just sits under one foot. Perfect. Perfect balance. Yeah, yeah. What was it like to record in Sun with the history of people that have recorded there? Yeah, it was pretty special. Like, mm. you know, they sort of stand you on the X on the floor that Elvis stood and the rest wow. of it and pictures of Jerry Lee and Johnny Cash and Elvis looking down at you from the walls. It was, it was great. And they showed the piano with the Jerry Lee All Lewis cigar burn in yeah, the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a bit of a play of it. it was Did cool. you burn something just so in no, 40 years' no, time no. they'll go, hey, that's where Frank's Yeah, singing. right. Yeah. No, not quite. But now they, you know, they've had a bunch of guitars and amps to use and it was all, you know, I picked up a guitar and used it on a few songs. I found out it was uh, Carl Perkins' guitar and Whoa. things like that. It was pretty special. Cool. The other thing I love about Sun Studios is the guides that show you around during the day are the technicians that mm. work the desk at night. It's yeah. a proper working studio. Absolutely is, yeah. So I went a few days earlier and did the tourist thing so I wouldn't be maybe as overwhelmed by turning up for the first <laughs> yeah. time there. So I did that a few days before and then when I turned up on the Monday night, sure enough, they were all there and so yeah, they were the guys that engineered the CD. And four hours, you mm. managed to do an album in that, so pretty much as live. Live, pretty much like this actually, just the stomp box, guitar, vocals, recorded live, did 12 songs and then brought them home and kind of worked them at home a bit. A friend of mine, Dan Sullivan, played some harp on yeah, a couple. nice. And that was it. Tommy, this is no young, fresh, new-to-the-game guy. How many albums have you got? out since 2011 or something? Like 10 or 11. 10 or 11 yeah. albums. Mm. Lives in Kayama. So is that right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So has travelled all the way up here to uh, play a particular song for us. Any gigs that we can catch you at or if you – because you've been so busy in the yeah, last – Yes, so I'm actually on a break. Good. So, so two-week two break and then everything kicks off again sort of beginning of May – uh, I'll be doing a Canberra show on the 6th at the German Harmony Club. Oh, and that's then a great venue. Meatstock Barbecue Blues Festival on the 7th. And then up to Gold Coast for four days to do blues on Broad Beach. Um, yeah. And then Cronulla Jazz and Blues Festival first weekend in June. You had Tommy at Meatstock. Mm. <laughs> right? Is it like a rule that we have to have all blues festivals in B lettered? Suburbs. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just it just works, it. right? Yeah. yeah. Blues yeah. and alliteration go together, man. I'm yeah, Pyron Bay, right? Broad Beach. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so what are you going to play for us today? Uh, this song's called Hello High Water. Well, look, I'm blown away winning the International Blues Challenge, but I know you deserved it because you've been working at this for so long. Thank People you, can find you on Bandcamp because, let's face it, if you buy it on Bandcamp, the artist actually gets the it's money. incredible, right? That's a novel thing, mm. isn't it? Oh, we love what a thought. That. Whoa, who would have thought? Right. 
What are you going to play for us? Hello, high water. Take it away, Frank Sultana. Hey, that was phenomenal. Thank you. Did you see, you know, you were you were concentrating on the guitar, but Gene was rocking out there. Nice. Oh, yeah. love Very good. it. So yeah. love it. Thank, Thank you. you. The other thing, you, I mean, oh, yeah, no, go for it. Yeah. Do you think there's, um, I always, when I hear the blues, I always wonder, it's so steeped in early history. Can it modernize is my question. Yeah, it's always modernizing. Like, it's always just taking bits and adding to it, making it relevant. Like, I'm really kind of, came through that pre-World War II Mississippi stuff. That's where my head is, mm. I guess. But there are a lot of other artists, Gary Clark Jr., King Tone, uh, Kingfish Ingram. They're all guys that are pushing the, I guess, the genre, you know? Yeah. I was just trying to imagine that song, you know, like, come hell or high water, you know, I'm going to come through to you in my electric vehicle. Right? Yeah, yeah, just, charge it, it the might battery, have the all same that sort feeling. of yeah, yeah, yeah. If I have enough range to get to you. <laughs> hey, that's an angle. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know somebody that was um, listening yeah, to you. Good. Hey, is that Lindsay? Yes, yes. Ah, look, yeah. Lindsay, you're live on air. Don't swear. <laughs> I'm a professional, thank you, Mr. Mahoney. Hello, Mr. Sultana. Hello, mate. <laughs> Lindsay well, McDougall. Very... You loved, loved hearing this, it, didn't you? Uh, this... I'm just a big fan of this, um, this Illawarra takeover of TGIF. Yeah. Uh, with Frank Sultana. <laughs> Simon Marnie, I also appreciate your takeover of TGIF. Doing it uh, Kiama style. This is great. Congratulations, Frank. Ah, cheers, man. And there's a new Frenzel album, isn't there, Lindsay? Well, yeah, I've, I've been looking at my emails and I haven't noticed the request from TGIF to come and play Where Drug Dealers Take Their Kids live on the radio I on Friday afternoon. I will book you in on Rich's behalf for next week, Are Tommy? you doing that in an electric vehicle? That's the new angle here now. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> hey, drive safely. Uh, yes. That's Lindsay McDougall, drive presenter for our Illawarra one, but also with Frenzel Rom. Frank. You also stayed at the Shack Up Inn, isn't that an amazing place? Yeah, I Clarksdale. did. I, I stayed a couple of days at Ground Zero Blues Club, the one that Morgan Freeman owns in Clarksdale, and then I did a couple of days at Shack Up Inn. Amazing. Just describe it. It is in this incredible place. Yeah, so they salvaged a bunch of shot what they called shotgun shacks, right? So shotgun shack meant you could shoot a gun through the front door, it would go out the back door without hitting a wall, right? <gasps> And so they were these small wooden shacks. They salvaged a bunch of them that were being torn down and he's put them all on an old plantation and now they're kind of accommodation. So you, Tony, wow. you can stay, and we did, we stayed mm. in the shack that Pine Top mm-hmm. Perkins mm-hmm. grew up in because the shack that Bessie Smith grew up in was booked out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice. And then there's a big Amazing. cotton factory in the middle yeah, with a restaurant yeah. and yeah. people like Frank go there and they play guitar and they do Frank uh, guitar workshops. Oh, It's wow. great. Incredible. Gosh. And the other thing about Clarksdale is did you go to the intersection and do a deal with the devil? Yeah, well, I went to the intersection. No deal was done, but I went there. You didn't need to. Got to, to. play a bunch of uh, you know venues there in Clarksdale. I did about three or four gigs while I was there. It was great. Hey, and then last moment of authenticity, hot chicken. Did you have the hot chicken? I, of course. Yeah. And the pork ribs. The pork oh. ribs were something yeah. else. Oh. Yeah. 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 That's oh. how you make your fingers slide right? up and down yeah, the Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> Thanks for coming all the way from Kiama. Frank you. Sultana. Cheers. You can find him on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Seamless. It is seamless, isn't it? 
all part of the fun and joy. <laughs> so we're going to be listening to Isla or what? Sorry, we Elan. Yeah, yeah. She'll be. She'll. It'll be. A, so she'll choose an old song that she loves. Oh, oh! I thought you were. Ch- I thought you were going to play some of it now. No, 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 no. no. This is. Thank God, it's Friday. Oh, That's yeah, after yeah, six. Yeah, yeah. I thought yeah. you said you we had re- done it. I'm confused. Should we rewind the tape and start again? No, no. Eileen Jewell. Perfect. Pick that one. Pick that one. Pick that one. Yeah, just, chop, just cut the other one. Just the bit where you talk yeah, over where the I sting. Just, I'll just get rid of that. That is Jean Kitson sitting next to her. Bridie Connell and Tommy Dean is uh, with us as well as I try and learn my way through, thank God it's Friday. What do you do with a troublesome relative? I mean, the palace has announced that Prince Harry will attend the coronation of King Charles III. But Meghan will stay home. So who's the errant rally in your world? What have you done? What have they done at past gatherings? And how do you handle their appearance at family events? <laughs> Bridie's looking at me like saying, don't go to me, don't go to me. <laughs> so I'm going to go to Bridie. Sure. Well, I was, I was more uh, wondering how I'll finesse my answer, which is I, I think we're all the troublesome rallies. It's rarer that there's uh, one on the straight and narrow in our family. We, oh, really? Look, we party hard. We go big, you know, and and wow. so there's been a lot of um, a lot of <clears throat> big times, dubious times in our family get-togethers. There's been uh, the garden shed accidentally set on fire at my cousin Dan's 21st. There was nice. the mobility scooter disaster of 2012. Oh, not that one. There was the errant oh, no. golf cart of 2015. I'm sure you all heard about it. So in our family, we <laughs> devised a system because we thought we can't, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. We've got to celebrate this rather than... You know, the the pain and shame of being the world's most uncoordinated family. We decided to celebrate it. So now at gatherings, we know that somebody will do something embarrassing and uncoordinated. That's just our DNA. So we have a trophy called the Power and Grace Award. Oh. And every get-together, whoever does the most spectacularly uncoordinated thing will win the trophy. So that's that's how we deal with it. We I lean into it. it. Have you yeah. ever won the trophy? I have never won it, which is... Lift your game, I know. I, well, <laughs> see, this is what a trophy does. Everyone's going to be not only leaning into it, they're going to get competitive, aren't they? Not the shed burnt down, the whole house <laughs> yeah. burnt down. Yeah. Next and it's time. got to be something, you've, you've got to do it by mistake. Obviously, no one's oh, an arsonist in my family that it. I'm aware of. I don't think the garden shed was burnt down on purpose to claim a trophy. Actually, I might have to make a phone call after the show. No, I'm second guessing. Is that a trophy? Winning fire. <laughs> Dan was by the shed with matches. What oh. was happening there? Gene yeah. Kitson. I see, I can ask you this question because uh, I was really worried that mm. you would be dobbing in members of your family, but your family's from Melbourne, aren't they? So they won't hear this. Oh, no. They're, they're everywhere now. So oh, I would never, so I would you, say I was a troublesome relative just too. to be on safe ground. But right. I was thinking back, like, we lived a long way from our relatives. So it was very easy not to get together very often because <laughs> we lived in Melbourne and all our relatives lived up in New South Wales. So, you know, Orange and that. So we'd only see them once a year if we had a car that would make it and quite often the car would break down in Wagga and we'd spend you know the holidays at a zebra motel or something so you know but was the breakdown intentional no actually it wasn't (laughs) intentional we like no no we liked going up seeing grandma and grandpa was just like but it was a long way to drive in those days on the Newell highway in old secondhand cars and you couldn't get a spare part but with saucepans full of Chinese food food, (laughs) aluminium saucepans rattling away in the back. (laughs) 
But now, no of course, you know, like you're talking about Harry, so can I just like maybe just like Harry has no excuse not to go and visit the rallies because he's got a private jet, yep. I imagine, or access to some sort of easy way to travel. But, you know, like he does, he just chooses not to see people. So, you know, he's not even the spare anymore, really. He's a special tool, isn't he? You know, the one. <laughs> the special one in yeah, the family. Yeah, yeah, the one you've forgotten the yeah. use for, really. So I don't even know how, whether Harry, if he goes to the coronation, will even be able to get back into the USA after his obvious drug use. You know, because he's he admitted to all what? that. Oh. He, oh, yes. He admitted oh, to using. I, I, no, I've seen the transcripts of the interview. No, he's in the paper all the time about. And he goes, blah, 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 drugs. I was on drugs and then my psychiatrist took me off cocaine because I was shooting people. And then he put me on LSD. And then, yeah, so good luck getting back into the USA. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. Interesting, right? Yeah. So. Remember the last time Simon ever worked on radio? I think it was when Gene Kitson slibbled. <laughs> the, oh, did the, you no, say? No, Remember how we all got sentenced Allegedly, it's been maybe oh, said by yeah. unreliable sources. <laughs> we laugh yeah, about Harry it now. himself. Yeah. Jim Harry. Kitson's views are not shared by... <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Dean, save me and G. Well, this, yeah, we, this is a weird one because if, I, if we could go to like proper extended family reunions, which are few and far between, you know, I come from a very rural, small-town, religious upbringing family. So all of our <laughs> all of our family meetings are really sort of bundled together by this proper Sunday afternoon passive aggressiveness. There's a whole lot of bless your hearts. Oh, oh, bless you don't your want to hear one of those, do oh, you? Bless your heart. Bless your heart. And everything happens, you know, just in one on one. So in the group, everyone smiles and happy. And oh, isn't it great? Auntie Jean brought a cheesecake. And a little bit later, did you try some of the cheesecake? It's like she forgot to bring the flavor. <laughs> oh, goes back out. Oh, bless your heart. That was thank you so much for the cheesecake, Auntie Jean. <laughs> so lovely. Oh, bless your heart was a signal bless that you just oh, been talked about. And that's the weird part about it is everyone knows that bless your heart is is Christian for screw you. So behind me is the Wheel of Death, and to explain how we're going to play it, it's over to Tommy Dean. <clears throat> well, this is the uh, delightful running gag of the last few years, where we get all of the listeners to just off the top of their head think of a word that in no way relates to the universe as we know it. And then we put them all on this <laughs> wheel and we spin it, and the one that the fate determines is the one that needs to be focused on, I will focus on for the next 30 to 90 seconds. Okay. Ooh. It's a bit... I, I hope Richard's not <gasps> li- listening, because it's a pathetic wheel. We did a show with a guy called Maynard F. Sharp Crabs called The Wheel of Wuspy, and that wheel was about three times larger mm. and we actually strapped the contestant onto <laughs> the wheel the way to do it. and then spun it round. I, do. I argued at the beginning of this segment years ago that that's what it should be. What they should do is strap just, no, just give me a word, strap me to the wheel and then they would spin the wheel and I would have to talk <laughs> while, while spinning. spinning. Should we I try would doing that love now? That. Not, not this time. Okay. Only so because I spin it? my insurance has lapsed. <laughs> There's some good words on this wheel. I'm excited All to right. see where the it goes. Are, we've got heartburn, attachment, croquet, toes, old car, etiquette, locksmith, bin chicken, pyramid, goon sack, <laughs> emu, air fryer, <laughs> cabbages, pomegranate, heartburn, 
And I think we're back to the beginning again. So where will it stop? Let's see. That was like a beautiful poem. And, oh, you could have had bin chicken. You could have had etiquette. But it's gone right into the middle. To Locksmith. Locksmith. That's a bad one, isn't it? I Do you want to spin again? No, 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 there's no, there's no bad word on the Wheel of Death. It's just how it affects me emotionally. I, what I, people ask me, how do you do the Wheel of Death? And here's how I do it. I take a moment and I let the word wash over me like a mm, wave. Beautiful. And then I think, what does it make me feel? And in this particular moment, Locksmith washed over me. Locksmith, and I thought, Locksmith, corruption Locksmith. and hate. Ooh. Nothing but horror. They are professional criminals. Their job <laughs> is to break into all the stuff that, that we have keys for. There's a reason that we lock stuff up. And then there is a profession who admit that they can get into anything. You don't even need to lock stuff because I'm the locksmith. Fun note, it used to be called the Lock Jones, but now, uh. <laughs> stupid. Uh, the locksmith, criminals. They're just criminals. And then, you know how you know they still have criminals mm. in their, like, mandate? No. Is when they say to you, you're like, oh, you call them up, and you're like, oh, yeah, I locked myself out of my car. Could you come down and help me get my car? Yeah, that'll be $375. <laughs> what? What? Yeah, because, you know, we're criminals. I sincerely hope Prince Harry and any locksmiths are not listening I to know. today. Yeah. <laughs> I was quoting Prince Harry, but I think you've crossed the line calling locksmiths criminals. No, you named one specifically. Yeah, you I, named a locksmith? I named <laughs> Prince Simon, Harry's a save locksmith. Us. What's going on here tonight? I can't work it out. Look, I'm sure they serve. They serve. They serve. Obviously, they. You know that. Maybe that's. Maybe. Maybe I am wrong. Maybe that is what I am wrong about. I will admit that. Maybe. The excessive fees and outlandish numbers of money they demand are because their skills are so artisanally intricate. Mm. And what they get me, I mean, they, I mean, there's an argument now that I think about it. They're saving our lives. I'm trying to get into my house, but I can't get into my house. So it's worth two weeks of my salary just to get into my house. Just to get in. You're right, locksmith. Wait a minute. You know what? What if you just smashed a window? Yeah. Now that I think about it, if you, like, we should all like, do the actuary charts. Which is cheaper, mm. locksmiths or glaziers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I think glaziers are pretty full on too. Everything costs. <laughs> oh, that scared me. I thought so I'd broken scary. something. That's how my heart feels now. I think you. I think you did it. He did it, didn't he? Yeah, he yeah, did it. You know, got it. He survived Two the minutes, 16 seconds, because I forgot to look at the clock. Key to my oh, heart. is that what you were doing, timing him? Richard never times him. Doesn't he? Well, he goes till it goes back. Just goes till it goes. Now I just suddenly have this poetic thought about what if there had been like some poem about like a record the Unimuna would have done. A whole poem about the key to my heart has been lost, but luckily a locksmith was mm. Luckily it was a the numbered key. has the key to my heart. You know there's numbered keys now. So that people can't just take the key that you've lent them so they can go in and do something and just get it copied. You can't just copy a key anymore if it's numbered. Yeah. It's complex. Oh, you know that. Well, I didn't know that, but it, it doesn't, I don't, I also, because I also think that key cutters are criminals. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they care. I'd like to jump in here and say the ABC acknowledges that the fine tradition of locksmiths and key cutters takes an incredible apprenticeship, exactly. is not a criminal enterprise, and they work very hard for their living. 
Yeah, plausible deniability. Mm. No, you. what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Oswald. Oswald is listening in and says, yes, we can hear you in Canberra and even Sydney. My brother, thanks to the Listen app, ABC Radio Sydney is fun, especially TGIF, TGFI. Oh. Thank God for internet. Oh, oh very good. Very I do want to apologise to you guys, though, because of what I'm wearing. Have you ever been to a fancy dress party and found out that nobody else dresses up? Mm. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I think we have a thing way. here, and Tommy, I'm uh, sorry, Robbie, I'm talking to you, called Fashion Forward Friday, where oh. you're meant to wear something outrageous. Oh. And I didn't do it last week, so I felt really guilty. Mm-hmm. So I got my best country brown pants, my best country brown boots and my blue shirt and came in dressed as Scott Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> Only to find nobody else in the office did Fashion Forward Friday. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Well, do you feel, I feel, are you sure, like, is it officially not Fashion Forward Friday? Or are you just being deeply insulting of your colleagues' choices? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm looking at them. And I'm thinking maybe they did do fashion forward Friday. Yeah, that's Friday. true. They look great. But, yes, I have been in that position. I once went to a heroes and villains party. And I love a dress-up party. I love to commit to a theme. And so I went all out and I dressed as one of my personal heroes, um, Austin Powers, and got there to find out that nobody else had dressed up. But I'd really gone for it. I had a blue velvet suit, a puffy shirt. I put a wig um, down my top so that I had chest hair like he does. And it's, um, look, it's one way to start a conversation. I will (laughs) say I had lots of great chats that night. Really breaks the ice. Engagement party once, and I was told it was black tie. So I arrived in black tie only to find it was quite smart casual. (laughs) And I spent the entire party being mistaken for one of the waiters. That's not on you, that's on everybody else. But then you found out you could go into the kitchen with a tray and walk out with six martinis. Music. I'm impressed you did Austin Powers. Thank Absolutely you. perfect at 11 minutes to 6 on ABC Radio Sydney. ABC Radio across New South Wales. This is Thank God It's Friday sitting around Gene Kitson, Tommy Dean and Bridie Connell. Baby. I don't know if you saw in the news, <laughs> but Arnie Schwarzenegger thought he was doing the right thing. But he got in trouble when he and a friend filled in a pothole, only to find out it wasn't a pothole. It turns out (laughs) it was a gas company work in progress. When did you think, Gene Kitson, you were doing a good deed, but you actually then found out you weren't? Well, in defence of Arnie, when you say a work in progress... I don't think there'd been any progress for about three weeks on this huge hole. So he just filled it in. I don't know why he didn't see all the little men in hard hats at the bottom of the hole, but (laughs) anyway, he filled it in and he got into trouble. And I'll tell you my story. Bearing the men. I'm just, I'm still... I've still got trauma from it. It was when I thought I was doing a good deed when I was about 23 and I came up to Sydney from Melbourne to pick up my nan from the nursing home to take her to visit her son, my father, you know, like a 16-hour trip away. Wow. I didn't know she had dementia and I picked her up from the nursing home and we drove to the train and... 
we got on the train and we're sitting here at, you know, what's the name of the st- Central. Central, Central Station. Central to go to Spencer Street down in Melbourne. We sat on the train and Nan looks at me and she said, mm, nice ship. And I went, <laughs> oh, oh. I'm thinking, this is, this, uh, no, it's not a ship, Nan, it's a train, is it? Oh, and then she said, I want to go home. Take me back to the nuns. And I went, oh, no, Nan, you're going to see your son. And that 16 hours of me trying to where her husband was. And we didn't know anything about dementia, so I was correcting her. Where's Chaz? He's dead, Nan. You know he's dead. (gasps) Nobody told me. Yes, we did. Who are you? I'm your granddaughter. About... Four hours in, I th- I was going crazy and everyone on the carriage was looking at me like I'm tormenting You're this You're this poor. mean woman. So I went to the dog cart, which we used to have on trains. You know, the, we used to call them dog carts, mm. you know. So I went in there and I lay down and had a little ciggy. And then the train stopped. I'm going, oh, we must be stopped. So the guards come, open the door. Do you know this woman that had my grandmother crying because she said her little granddaughter had fallen off the train oh. and she pressed the emergency. <laughs> Emergency button. And we arrived down at Spencer Street Station like 16 hours and we're both weeping. And my brother was meant to then drive us in his ute to Sorrento, which is another hour and a half away, but he was working. So he said, sorry, I can't drive you. Here's the keys. And I had her in this ute and she thought I was kidnapping her. And when she got down there, she didn't recognise my father at first. Then she said, oh, Roy. And then she went in to say goodnight and he was in bed with my mother and she came out and she said, who's that old woman in bed with my son? <laughs> and then, since then, Mum had to hide in the ensuite every time Nan came into the bedroom. Oh, it was a nightmare. Wow. It was so... Yes, I think, yeah, hit the button, that's the way. Get me off. I feel oh, terrible wow. for, for opening up such a wound in the trauma. So we've we've gone through travelling from uh. Melbourne to Orange and breaking down in... I know, it's been, uh, You just... don't travel well, didn't travel no. well, did you? I was going to tell you a story about the time I accidentally poisoned my family and it somehow wasn't as bad as the story that mm. you just told us, which wow. is wild. That's amazing. Can't you just alleviate my story by telling your story and beef it up a bit so <laughs> mine doesn't yeah. sound so bad? Exactly. I'll do my best. Uh, when I was about six years old, I decided that I would, you know, do a good deed. Nobody asked me to help, but my dad was the um, was cooking up a storm in the kitchen, and I thought. He always cooks that big meals. I'll help him out. I'll be a little helping hand, only I didn't announce to him that I was going to help. So I just kept going into the kitchen every so often and making some tweaks to the meal that he was preparing when he wasn't looking, just to help. I really thought I was doing something quite nice. Um, And we were having a roast, and I knew from watching Dad cook a million times that we had to put oil on the potatoes to make them nice. Yeah. And so I poured oil all over the potatoes, which was great. And then we ate the potatoes that I'd accidentally covered in dishwashing detergent because it was the same colour bottle. No! <laughs> That's And everybody just story. bubbled as they ate it. Well, luckily it was the lemon flavour. <laughs> so we thought it was Greek potatoes. It was lime. Fresh. So fresh good. lime. And you, Tommy uh, Dean? My uh, girlfriend in high school, her mother was one of the only... Americans don't drink a lot of tea. Well, we like iced tea. Yeah. But uh, she, her mother was a hot tea drinker. And uh, she had a very old teapot that she made her loose leaf tea in. And one day while cleaning up the kitchen after dinner at her house, the teapot, I noticed, had quite a deep tea stain on it. So I worked very, very hard. And I just got it spotless. And I was so proud of myself. 
And then the mother come in, of course, she lost her mind. What have you done? <gasps> because that was aged. So aged. I had taken, all the I had taken an eternity of patina off of her perfect teapot. Oh, oh no. But man, it shined. <laughs> have you ever drunk tea since? Oh, not me. No. No. I tea mean, is but, the sweat of Satan. See how this detergent ruins everything? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I worked so I was Model so proud of, of it. I was like calling her. Look yeah. how clean it is. Looks like you've new. Been, you've been drinking out of this weird brown thing, and now look at it sparkle. <laughs> Took her another twenty years, uh, didn't it? Never talked to him again. It seemed like it was, but it's not. It seemed like See? it. So yeah. it's taking your grand to Sydney on the train or Melbourne. Like, yeah. yeah. So it's washing the. Adding oil to the potatoes, a little bit of sunlight. The Easter show's in town. I was broadcasting from there last Saturday and had a great time. This year, bright blue hot dogs. What? Uh, Bright blue hot dogs. As nature intended. Bright yellow mustard. Uh, chips up. with Dude, gummy like... bears and pink mayonnaise. Look, I just if the oh viewers could see Jean's face, pick your jaw off the desk. Uh, <laughs> Quaffered cats, burly woodchop, death-defying rides. If you oh, were a show woodchop, event, that's old. That's old. Yeah, unless they're, I don't know, <laughs> blue. <laughs> blue, you wouldn't have it. But if you were a show event, a food or a ride, what would you be? Mm. Bridey. Well, look, there's some amazing events at the Easter show. Yeah. I love watching the woodchoppers. I love, you know, the amazing dogs who do their tricks. I love farm dogs, all of that. But I think I would play to my strengths and I would vie for the title of the 2023 Royal Easter Show NAP champion. Oh, nice. Mm. Even yep. there with all the noise, you could still do it. Oh, I would hope that the audience would show all the napping contestants the respect mm. that such you a prestigious nap event. Used to show? I'm saying that's what I would do. That would be the dream event, and I would win the gold. You'd be against nappers from all over Australia. Are you happy to compete with the absolute elite of napping? I've been training all my life for really? this moment. That would yes. be my event. Freaking brilliant that you can nap. <laughs> it's one Who, of my. I think there should be a champion napper. It's quite a skill. What would you be at the show? Well, I was a, I was an Easter show thing. I was the old-time photo van. I was a carny. Were you? For about a year. I just travelled around Australia with the carnies, going to all the shows, came to the Easter show here in Sydney wow. in the old-time photo van. That's what I did. But my... So the old-time photo van, so we would queue up and you would take our photo and it would be black and white. Yeah, well, you'd come in and you'd choose. You'd come into the big caravan. No, it was colour too because in the country shows we would do family portraits, a lot of family portraits. So we had a big, you know, like they'd come in, you get dressed up. So you could choose either Scarlett O'Hara and Rhett Butler or you could choose a saloon bar girl and a gangster and you could get sepia or you could get black and white and then I'd upsell you a frame and that's how we made our money. (laughs) And it was – and then – but – I really, what I really wanted to be was a hot potato van queen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and even when I went for an audition at the big gig, they said, oh, what are you thinking of doing in the future? And I said, I'm getting a hot hot potato potato van. (laughs) So then they knew they could just pay me peanuts. Peanuts. (laughs) That was true. Chip on a stick. Uh, There's not enough of them. Tommy Dean. Is that what you would be? Would you be a chip on the stick? Chip on a stick. I I always thought chip on a stick was amazing. They've got lasagna on a stick now. The one? Bacon on a stick. Yeah, what? here's what yeah, I think. It's not just no. Any, I think yeah. most fair food, all, if it's on a stick, it's good. And what I want to introduce is porridge on a stick, because <laughs> <laughs> I want it to have the excitement of melting ice cream, but the nutrition of porridge, like it's just enough texture. It's you know, it's like imagine fairy floss, 
but porridge. Oh, auntie, mm. it slowly and unctuously <laughs> dips down the stick, and mm. you just have to work it. You don't have long to eat it until it's all over your arms, but oh, so good. You know why I'm really happy, though? Because every time I listen to Thank God It's Friday, I think, Richard, you haven't left enough time for <laughs> winners and losers of the week. <laughs> and I'm doing exactly the same so thing. Hard. So what I'm going to so do is to make up. you all do them really quickly before Great. the news. We'll so whip through it. What, for, for you, Bridie, winners and losers of the week. Okay, here we go. Rapid fire. My winner is a highly poisonous cobra in South Africa who managed to have a free trip around the country in a plane because it slithered into an aircraft uh, and the pilot had to make an emergency landing, Snakes was met by plane. a snake handler, but they couldn't find the snake. <gasps> so who knows where it is? And my loser of the week is a pilot in South Africa who may or may not have an extremely poisonous <laughs> cobra on board his plane. Yeah. My winner of the week is Megan Markle because she's back in the news for not doing anything. She is a woman who does not show up to the coronation and the the loser is, of course, Harry, who has to sit behind a woman with a really big hat in the church, probably, mm-hmm. and share with Prince Andrew, probably, and if he wants anywhere to stay. And I'm a winner because you've just mentioned Prince Harry and haven't defamed him. This is a really <laughs> good thing. Uh, Tommy Dean, winner's uh, the loser the big, of the week. Well, the big loser for me this week, even though they were glorious enough uh, to give Frank the award in Tennessee, they also, the uh, Republicans of Tennessee, have voted to defund libraries. Uh, so we won't be able to read about Frank's amazing success. Book learning's a dangerous. Thing. <laughs> and uh, winners is me. Uh, I'm about to go on my first ever annual leave. This oh. year of working Woo. in a real life job has led to a real life holiday. Have two weeks of not working and yet somehow get money for it. Yeah. So I'm excited oh. by that concept. It makes no sense to me, but I'm going to celebrate it. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Happy holidays. Six o'clock.